0: Welcome to the Habibis, three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I'm your host for today, Fauzi Mesmar. And I'm your co-host,
1: Osama Darius. Uh, Two can play at this game. Yes. Usually three play at this game.
0: You're doing it better though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, only two are playing at this game this time. Yeah, we're still missing our our other co-host, Rami.
0: (laughs) The third co-host. Somewhere the in the follows. air, <laughs> probably,
1: probably flying. Hopefully, landing soon.
0: Indeed. How you doing, yeah.
1: son? How you been? I was gonna ask you the same thing. All right, <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you
0: doing? It's, uh, it's it's getting hot in Europe, so that's that's pretty good. That's getting like proper I hot. Yeah, someone shared that
1: it was uh, in Prague. I think it was like 37 degrees yesterday, or something like that. Yeah, and it was 16 here, Celsius, of course. Yeah, and yeah, and it was fine, like 16 for Montreal. I'm like, yeah, t-shirt and shorts weather. I can't go outside. This is great, (laughs) but 37. That's like uncharacteristic. No, it's like approaching the 40s.
0: Pretty much most of Europe, and like uh, in Sweden, it's like 22. It's boiling. Wow. Wow. How do you how are you living? I'm loving it. I'm a desert boy. Of course, I'm loving it. <laughs> of course, it feels like home.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's great. I mean, uh, for us, we, we had a, a couple of rainstorms. I like rain. Uh, I think it's programmed in me from childhood because my parents also grew up in a in desert climate. So yeah. uh, rain is baraka. It's a blessing. Yeah. Exactly. Every time it rains, my parents were in a really, really good mood. And I think that rubbed off on me. Oh, that's nice, um, man. Yeah. Have- I mean, there are so- some situations where I'm like, hey, we're in the middle of a barbecue. I wish it wasn't raining just this minute. So it's not like, <laughs> it's okay.
0: not that universal. It's not like you're breaking but- into like a rain dance every 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. But just in general, when it's raining, uh, I- rain is life to us uh so growing up i still have that
0: so in canada it's not like the us you guys have like proper long vacations right like you know yes yes. more more than 10 days a year
1: it's in between the us and and europe we tend to give more vacations with seniority but the honest truth is entry level is usually about two weeks it's still 10 days oh
0: okay still 10 days yeah interesting Um, entry but, level.
1: I mean, I'm not entry level, and I haven't been for a very long time. Yeah, but like it took me a very long time to get five weeks of vacation, which I think is like the minimum in Sweden.
0: Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> and like, i so, like I was about to say like, well, uh, like the the following complaint you might not be able to uh, <laughs> to relate to, yeah. <laughs> but because like most people go on long vacations in the summer here in Europe, like July mm-hmm. and August. Some people take most of July and half of August. Mm-hmm. Wow. So like the, 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 there are times in which like all of uh, like, you know, all of July is a work, uh, like is a write off, especially I think in the Nordics or I know for a fact in Sweden um, is that like, you know, by law, you can't deny somebody a vacation. So if somebody applies for like over three weeks of vacation during July, you can't say no. Wow. Yeah, so uh, so people can, you know, t- take long holidays and like generally in Sweden July is the summer where nothing happens. And I think it it, it often confused our uh, our colleagues in the US uh, like in whatever comp- country uh, work in uh, because like There's usually contact, then July, (laughs) there's silence. (laughs) Um,
1: I don't think I've ever taken more than two weeks in a row. So I can't even, the concept of taking all of July and half of August on vacation is so foreign to me. (laughs) Like even when I have five weeks, generally that's two weeks, two weeks, and then one week I forget to take that, pushes over to the next year if i even take any vacation that year at all like i've already left jobs with three months of untaken vacation
0: which is terrible
1: and it's it's my fault and i'm trying my best not to do that anymore.
0: no man you got to take your vacations i like to um instead of taking them all in a row i like to like uh, split them over the year so i can like have a couple of days here so like link uh, link to a long weekend so it becomes like a nice week off a week Mm -hmm. here a week with christmas so it's like a longer vacation like i like to split them around but in the summer i like to take two to three weeks maybe at least, mm. but I guess just me saying that I can like I still have two to three weeks and split vacation days around <laughs> is, is already foreign.
1: <laughs> I'm happy for you. I'm happy for anyone who gets it, like who gets that kind of time off. I think it's really important, and I think people need to move in that direction. The "live to work and work to live" thing is old. It's not good. I think we need to move past it. I agree, absolutely.
0: So, like, because that happened. Um, and this is maybe another part that you can't relate to june is usually the busiest month of the year it's just oh. because like everybody tries to finish whatever work they have in their hands before they go on vacation
1: wow okay no that is i've never heard of that before that i cannot relate to yeah for us it's usually we get something similar right before like from my experience uh it's the longest break is winter because it's like almost every studio gets a compulsory at least one week, sometimes two weeks off. Yeah. Um, and the week before that, some people take it off. So that means that the end of November almost always has a, a big, giant milestone. Mm-hmm. Because afterwards, it's going to be, you know, really difficult to to keep anybody uh, like focused because half the teams are going to be missing this week or that week or the week after that. So, like, I think your June is our November.
0: I see. I think we have the same in November again. So it'll be like June and November. Wow, well, it'll be twice. very similar. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So, like, uh, around this time of the year is when things get super busy for me, and then like everybody starts going off on vacation. So, <laughs> things get relaxed uh, all of a sudden.
1: I like it. Yeah, we have a construction holiday here where. <laughs> Uh, in, in Canada specifically, where something similar happens, we don't have as much vacation, but a lot of people end up taking uh, holidays in July specifically. But we're talking uh, about like a two week period. And so it's not that, it's not that pronounced, right? Not a month and a half.
0: Yeah, a year, of plus. course. Yeah. That's cool, man. So have, have you been, uh, so like, hopefully, uh, getting some time uh, for breaks and stuff and doing, uh i don't know video games or watching some stuff (laughs) so i had a four. i
1: just come off now that we're recording this on a tuesday i I just came off of a four-day weekend not nice uh, which was really nice we had one day to do the typical errands and what what have you on on friday one day for yard work and then two days where i just did nothing or close to you know my version of nothing play yeah. video games and and read books and go for walks i actually had a long stint like hours and hours where i just sat in my now cleaned up yard because we spent all of saturday <laughs> doing <laughs> yard work so it was a really really nice looking yard just sitting down listening to audiobooks or reading like paper books that uh, sounds nice and very it was so nice action. yeah it sounds yeah, kind of relaxing. It was so relaxing nice. The weather was was near perfect. Like, um, it, it fluctuated between maybe you need a sweater to you could be out in short and t shirt weather. Not too hot. That's unpleasant at all. Like it was very 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 good weather.
0: Yeah. Oh, um, while raining all the time, or is it like pleasant for it, most people? What you mean? It
1: rained today. <laughs> So today is the rainy day. And today I went for a walk right before it rains before starting work today, which felt really, really good. And now it's raining. So I'm in a good mood while working. Ah, So it's perfect. Really, everything worked out perfectly the last four days.
0: (laughs) What video games are you playing?
1: So the big one is the, one of the, the my most anticipated games of this year for many reasons and I'll give the disclaimer soon is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Oh, nice. Uh, which hit Game Pass on June 16th. And this was my most anticipated game for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Number one, I am a huge beat up Ninja Turtles fan. I played uh, Ninja Turtles the arcade game and Turtles in Time and Manhattan Project like several times over. Um, I played the original arcade one. I wasted so much money on it before I understood <laughs> that you're not really meant to beat those games because it costs a fortune to do so. And then I got the you know the NES version and later uh, got the T- the Super NES. Uh, you know, the Turtles in Time, which is probably my favorite beat-em-up of all it's time. It's mine arguably. as well.
0: Turtles in Time. Yeah. That's my favorite Ninja Turtles game, probably. Defin- oh, you know, Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighter
1: is up there too. It's actually a very underrated fighting game. People discounted it because they thought it was a, a, a crappy licensed fighter it's actually solid it's really really good mm. so if you haven't played the the ninja charles tournament fighter i would highly recommend giving it a shot i feel like
0: i might uh, but i don't remember playing it too much
1: yeah it, it's it's solid it was really hard to find people to play with you because everyone just thought it was ah, a licensed fighting game they're terrible right yeah there like, was like a whole bunch of really bad dragon ball z and power rangers like fighting games in the same era and I think a couple of good Dragon Ball Zs, but mostly like you know just licensed bad ones. Uh, but yeah, N- Turtles in Time is still my favorite. But like I w- every time someone mentions that, I'm like, have you tried Tournament Fighter? Because it's also <laughs> freaking solid. Yeah. It's really really good. Um, so yeah, the other reason I really like it is because some of my friends worked on it, so I'm very biased. But um, Tribute Games, based here in Montreal, uh, that worked on the. Um, <sighs> What was uh, why is the name uh, escaping me now? They worked on that Ubisoft beat 'em up game that was pixel art, Brohala as well. No, no, no. Be- uh, uh, the name escapes me now, but it'll come back to me uh, when it, it when it's too late. Uh, either way, they worked on, on other similar games, so they have a track record. They have the, one of my friends, Stefan Boutin, who works there. Uh, at some point, I worked on an indie um, uh, like action puzzler game. With a, with a small group of people, it was a side project called Heroes Never Lose. He did some, of, he drew some of our backgrounds. So he's a really really solid pixel artist and a friend of mine. And he did the backgrounds for TMT Shredder's Revenge.
0: Hmm.
1: So uh, like the, the you know there's a bias there because I'm rooting for my friends of course uh, to make their game, but they nailed it. They really 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 nailed it. It was such a, a Good experience. And of course, as with any game that I love, I always have a, a laundry list of improvements that I would suggest because that's just how game designers work. <laughs> but if you like, if you just focus on what was good about it, it really feels, they nailed the feeling of a solid beat-em-up, like the nostalgia that comes with it without all of the old design choices that wouldn't feel good now okay Do you know what i mean okay. like you play it and you're like this is how i remember playing beat-em-ups this is like but it's just an improvement on every in every way what are it the kinda, improvements
0: that like you know made the design more modern
1: so first of all there's a dodge button oh okay and you could you could dodge forward or dodge backwards so already, there's like you don't you need to just wiggle the joystick to move out of a co- like range of uh you know the the collision of an attack to avoid it in an awkward way because you just don't have the time to escape some attacks. Mm-hmm. Now you could intentionally dodge through them or dodge backwards. Some attacks you have to dodge through. Some attacks you have to dodge backwards. There's also an uppercut like move where you could interrupt uh, enemies that are in the air. Now also. You have a double jump. What's important about this is that, you know how in in, in the old Ninja Turtle beat-em-ups, when you pressed uh, the attack in the air determined which of the two air attacks you get, and it was kind of finicky because you're not in the air a long time. Yeah. Now, the attack is whether like, is different whether you press jump once or you're in the middle of a double jump. So you had more control. Like You could double jump quickly and press the attack button, and it'll always be the same attack that comes out. So you have a lot more aerial control of what you do to like control the air. It, little things like that. Is the it range, a drop kick? It's usually a drop kick. So the drop kick is what you get if you're only pressing jump once. And the floating down slowly move, like the, the escape danger on the ground move, is the one that you press if you double jump, which makes sense. Because if you want to stay in the air a long time, now you can. Oh, you nice. can do two jumps, stay in the air hover over whatever danger and get over the obstacle or you know what have you so all that is fantastic there's now the other thing is they have a um, a super attack that you could charge if you remember before the super attack used to hurt you mm-hmm. take off there was a risk reward in that sense which wasn't pleasant like a pleasant experience because you're like, okay, I have to do this, but I'm gonna lose health and you know it was too like already if you need the super attack, it's usually because you're overwhelmed. You don't want to have the added bonus of losing a, a bit of health. In the arcades, this made sense in a bad way because they wanted you to spend more quarters. <laughs> so they wanted you to put yourself in danger uh, and lose health if you're using the super. But in this game, it didn't really make sense. Like, it wouldn't really make sense, right? So they removed yeah. that. Um, you're There are two game modes. There's an the arcade game mode, which really functions like an old arcade beat-em-up. And there's a the story mode, which is honestly like Arcade Plus. Um, the story mode has a world map that just allows you to go back and play levels again. So that's one addition. Um, the There are character cameos that you could unlock. So if you, you could find um, this or that character, like, you know, the the when you find them, these characters give you objectives to pick up collectibles. And all of the collectibles are, you break a trash can or you break this thing and you you find something between. So basically all, all it changes in the gameplay is that now you have to break everything if you want to get all the collectibles. Mm-hmm. Which does, like in my... Honest opinion, it doesn't really add much to the game. I know there are some players who like collecting things, and maybe this is a thing that's appealing to them. Um, it didn't really add anything to me. Some of the collectibles I even picked up before I found the cameo character, which was like, oh, I guess this is gonna be associated to another character. And it was I collect like I I finished some of those, like, without even seeking to do it, I finished some of those and I didn't finish others and I I'm not a player type that cares about collecting, so I don't. I won't. I won't be going back to complete that. But it's a little. It's a little extra, right? That yeah. isn't in the arcade version. For people that like it, they would appreciate it. Exactly, and but I love the cameos. I love that you could find characters from the lore of of uh, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, uh, and the last addition is they have a poorly explained and feedbacked progression system where your characters gain xp almost invisibly and upgrade uh, based on how many it looks like how many uh, people you beat up um uh, the upgrades themselves are, are fine you get like for example to store more super bars so you don't have to like have the bars full you have one super bar now you can have the bars full you have three super bars you also gain new attacks like if you do the super while you're in the air it does a different super that kind of thing right or if you if you have all three bars you could do a super super or an ultimate super or whatever you want to, uh, whatever yeah. they call it i don't remember you also have more health you have more stock lives that kind of thing the thing is there's i couldn't find and if, I, if this is my failing that's my failing i couldn't find a way where i could see where my progression is what's coming up like you know that kind of thing where you mm. could get excited about oh i'm going to level up splinter to level 8 so i could get a, like this or that that was just like invisible it was just once in a while you get an you play and you're like oh i got this now okay and it's fine you know like it's it's a choice it's not the choice i would make i think it would've been a lot cooler to know what was coming and to have anticipation for it and and you know a more typical uh, but like, I guess there was no feedback other than you got the thing, not how well you're, how close you are, or how well you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, what the other thing that this does, and this is not a problem, it's just a thing you have, to, a dynamic you have to be aware of. I played the game and finished it in one sitting. Um, I started playing with with uh, April for the first level, and then I switched to Splinter because they weren't turtles, and I wanted to see what their animations are. Ah, oh, that's cool. I, There's non-turtle yeah. characters. Yeah, and I unlocked eventually Casey Jones, and those are the, the non-turtle characters. So you have seven characters to choose from: four turtles and two non-turtles. I absolutely loved uh, April and Splinter's animations. Mm-hmm. Um, it, April is really like really funny, like she uses her microphone and her camera and like that kind of stuff. She's a reporter, <laughs> and you could see it in every animation. Pixel art is absolutely gorgeous, um, but I really liked Splinter, so I stuck with Splinter a long time. Like, I actually played most of the game with Splinter until I finally lost. I lost at level... There were, like, 16 levels. I lost at level 13 for the first time. When I lost, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to try a different character now. So I switched to a turtle, but now I couldn't play with a turtle because level 13 was too hard to play with a level 1 character. Ah, they don't catch up. No, there's no catch up. So I'm like, I have a choice here. I could start the game over with my favorite turtle, Raphael, Mm -hmm. or... I can continue a splinter and finish the game, so I, I continued the splinter and I finished the game. Like the whole the whole game took me maybe three hours to beat. Uh, my kids were jumping in and out, playing with me and not playing with me. They're not as emotionally attached to either the Ninja Turtles or beat 'em ups, but you know they yeah. want to play with dad, so they jumped but in. But it's couch
0: co-op Up to four players, maybe.
1: Yes, it's up to four players out okay. of the seven characters that you choose. Nice. So, yeah, we, we didn't play more than three, though. We were three at, at most. But mm-hmm. it played really well. Like It, it, it was really, really cool. Oh, uh, there's actually one thing mechanics-wise I'll go back to. Uh, is that the grab is still awkward. The grab is still walk towards... You know, remember when you used to grab the, the foot soldiers to be able to yep. throw them?
0: Yeah, to walk it's towards still them. Like, and then it's still punch towards, or something. Though.
1: Yes. And... Um, I, I still think that could have used a dedicated button. There's a taunt button, but no grab button, and I thought that, that, I still find that's odd. Yeah. But okay, you know, like it's not it's not deal breaker, of course, but it's just it's still odd because sometimes I found myself like before grabbing people when I didn't mean to, and then being confused why I'm not moving, and I then think, realizing I grabbed like that kind of thing.
0: I think this probably was one of those things that the dev team spent like most of the production talking about should yeah. we make it its own button but uh yeah. or should we keep it uh as it is for authenticity's sake and then they opted off of one over the other i agree uh, and uh, like uh, something like that i think you could always have an
1: alternate button that forces it or a toggle or something like that but yeah it, it's a personal preference on my side i like fighting games in generals have moved towards buttons for grabs instead of uh, you know, like a direction and a button. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I think that that's that's the trend. People want to be more intentional. It's
0: a it. lot more it's deliberate when when it's about exactly,
1: exactly more intentional. is, is exactly what i meant So, anyway, back to the progression. Yeah. So then I I just finished the game with mostly Splinter um, and uh, started the game over just to see the animation sets of the other turtles and Casey Jones that I've uh, that I have just unlocked. They're all great. All the animations are really, 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 really d- well made. Like, if you remember the original Turtles game, they shared, like, 90%, 95% of their animations. Yeah. This is not the case here. Even their run animations are different. Everything is different. And mm-hmm. it, it's, like, oozes with their personality. Like, it's so much personality. The choice of the bosses, if you're a fan of the Ninja Turtles, if you grew up with them, the choice of the bosses are amazing. They just pull from all the lore, all the most colorful characters. They all have, like, really cool voice acting. The music in the game is really, really cool. It's, like, so- sometimes reminiscent of the movies, sometimes reminiscent of the, of the cartoon. It's, like, the whole game is a love letter to Ninja Turtles, beat ups but specifically ninja turtle beat ups it i had a smile playing it throughout it's very short-lived like i said i beat it in three hours and i'm those sure those games like, are
0: usually like that right they're the three hours they are
1: uh, or exactly. way
0: less actually than three hours
1: yeah like, yeah, like the, the Simpsons arcade game, which I thought was the longest game ever, had five worlds. It just got so impossibly hard by the last one. I never never finished it until I, was, I got emulators and had infinite coins. And I was like, wow, this game's actually incredibly short. It's just I spent hours on it because of, like, the, the monetization <laughs> in the arcades. They make it, like, really, really, really difficult at the end. But like, it, I'm happy it's short lived. I don't think I would have wanted more. I got to see all the enemies I wanted to beat. Like the the, you know what I mean. I, I saw all the content, and I, I ended off on a high note. I don't I don't need more of it. Like it was perfect for me.
0: So, are you ready yeah. to play a game called the Beat 'Em Up Checklist? <laughs> what? I'm Is this ask, for real? Yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm making this up as we're going. So I'm gonna ask okay. you questions about this game that uh, basically are you know you find them in any beat-em-up yes and see if this game has them yes or no of course go for it so um does this game have street punks with like mohawks (laughs) (laughs) it does not it has it has foot
1: soldiers close and they have really cool animations. so i would say you know half halfway there foot soldiers are kind of punks right
0: cool so it's a yeah it's a it's a half on this one yes all right yes question number two does this game have a flashing go uh ui element that appears on the right side of the screen yes
1: it absolutely (laughs) does i didn't see it often because i really wanted to see all of the (laughs) levels so i moved quick but it was there
0: okay does this game is, is transitions in this game basically the characters jumping off screen
1: Yes. Or sometimes if they are on a vehicle, it's them (laughs) gliding off screen on that vehicle.
0: On that vehicle. Does it contain uh, motorbikes or uh, jet skis? Yes, it does. It (laughs) it contains, like, you are on
1: a hovercraft and you're fighting Uh things that are, like, elevated, hovering around you, including foot soldiers in, like, elevated motorbikes that are hovering.
0: Okay. Does this game have. It oh, does count. So it's yes on both accounts. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. Does this game have a lot of stagger as you attack? So the enemy it has a long stun duration for every attack so that you can come enemies.
1: Easily. Yes, some enemies more than others. Some are a lot more pronounced, but yes, definitely.
0: Is there a relatively large or chubby character that just doesn't get hurt in the same way that other <laughs> characters do? <laughs> only the bosses there's one boss in
1: in particular which maybe i won't spoil who it is but that doesn't take any damage unless certain conditions are met
0: okay do you um do you break barrels yes. or boxes or crates yes. in this game yes yes <laughs> constantly do you find chickens or pizza a grilled chicken <laughs> or a pizza to restore health
1: pizza for sure and you have multiple variety of pizza that give you different things all the uh, flavors
0: do you pick up uh pipes or knives or weapons no. lying on the floor
1: no you have your because weapons there's signature weapons else. for each one of exactly. those characters that's the, exactly okay. so it wouldn't make sense in this game fair enough i love this checklist
0: did you <laughs> just make it up on the fly i'm making this up as we go
1: <laughs> that's a very solid checklist
0: when you um. Uh, <laughs> Do you have a number of lives and then you have to continue for an arbitrary arcade, reason?
1: Yes, both in the arcade version and the story version. Okay. Do you have to beat a level in within those lives in the story version.
0: Wow. When you throw a character or, or like, you know, an enemy character on another enemy character, does that cause knockout, a knockdown as well?
1: It does, absolutely. And you can even do it multiple times if you're fast enough.
0: Uh yeah, it's it passed every single item on the checklist. This is <laughs> pretty much except for the weapon off the ground which wouldn't have made sense in and this kind of game. And we have the design reason why is that. So now we can yeah. say for absolute certainty, especially after conducting <laughs> this very thorough examination, that this is indeed <laughs> a beat-em-up. It is, and
1: it is honestly one of the like I I say this confidently is one of the best beat-em-ups I've played. It's really how you do uh, like a remake. It's not exactly a remake, but it feels like nostalgia was l- like a continuation of the old games with just improvements. And uh, I really hope, I really hope that they continue this trend. Um, I like the the new Streets of Rage that came out, Streets of Rage 4, that came out Yeah, I was like about to year.
0: mention that. You played that?
1: I did play it, and I did enjoy it. I think this is a better... Um, game for some reason and suits of Rage are better other, for other reasons I think the combat system in Suits of Rage is overall better I yeah. think the, the people who who made it uh, like improved on that more than anything else uh, but I really like the character design I like the art style I like a lot of things about it I feel the nostalgia in this is like through the roof like the personality the um, the, the, the choice of characters the colors like it really like it made me happy in in, in in that sense and i'm really really hoping that tribute continues this trend and takes all my favorite beat-em-ups and does like sequels to them like the the x-men one that was really good the six-player one i don't know if you remember or Mm. the the simpsons one that was really good or there were there was the captain commando or whatever i really hope that this opens up uh, their, their options. There was even a Punisher one that, with Nick Fury that was pretty good. There were so many good beat em ups from my childhood that I would love to see them explore.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, with uh, the, with, I like that uh, the street, Streets of Rage 4 tried to add a bit more on the combat system because I really think that this is. This is a part of the nostalgia that we don't necessarily need. You know, just mashing the one button, like there was a satisfaction to mashing the one button the entire time because, you know, it's a pick-up-and-play thing that you play in the arcade, right? You just look at the machine once and then you kind of need to jump in and figure it out no matter even if you joined in like halfway through a session, right? Kind of like what your kids did in which like they're jumping in and out. Yes. And if you're adding an element of progression, like, you know, that basically uh, increases damage output, it seems like there is a player progression that needs to happen. And by player progression I mean like player skill progression, like you as a player yes. kind of growing as you're as you're enjoying this experience. Because yes. that's why these games can go on for too long. You know, after some time because like there's only so much uh, enemy behavior you can do with that limited set of uh, options and there's only so much player skill set that you can learn with just moving the stick around and hit that one button. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, I agree 110%. Hey,
1: something came back to me. Yes. So the game that they made while they were at Ubisoft before they formed Tribute Games mm-hmm. was the Scott Pilgrim video ah, game. Video makes
0: perfect sense.
1: Yes. So that was their... Like, they did it with Paul Robertson, who was their, their animator, but Stefan Boutin did the background. And, like, it
0: was that same
1: team... That then went on to make their own studio and make other games. Uh, so yeah, it fits. Of course, that's pretty cool. And yeah, and like that game actually suffered from similar problems. I think what they're missing is a is a system designer because uh, that game combat was decent, the art was amazing, it really felt really good. But you had money that you went into stores to buy things, and you didn't really understand how these things like made like. There was no no good pro- progression system in that sense there's no good economy system in that sense i don't know if you remember scott pilgrim but you bought food that kind of gave you stat bonuses and it wasn't clear what they really did and also you leveled up but you didn't see what was coming it was a very very similar type of uh, uh like if you compare that with uh, castle crashers which was also a beat-em-up that was nostalgic you you could see the map beforehand you know where you're you're going to a certain degree um, your characters, you you put uh, like uh, the, the the points while you get them, so you see a sense of progression. You know what level you are and how long it's gonna take because you see the XP bar on your on your interface. Even though it wasn't was a great system, because you know it could have been improved. Castle Crashers kept you playing because you kept wanted to upgrade because you wanted to see what happens when you leveled up specifically your agility or specifically your strength or specifically your defense, and you gained abilities. At, at thresholds that are clearly delineated. So it, it had that going for it. I feel that this is the the, the, the lacking here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, the lacking is not as lacking in Ninja Turtles. I th- feel like they've had some learnings and they've improved on it. But that's the only thing that keeps it from, in my eyes, being a perfect beat-em-up, is is it's missing that, like to, to make it a new age perfect beat-em-up. Um, the combat, what you, by the way, it is a one button mash that you do an auto combo. Yeah. It, that is basically how it is, but with the addition of dodging and dodging at the right time, and combining the jump with uh, the attack to to give you other options, mm-hmm. it, I felt it was enough for a three hour game. Yeah, if, if that makes sense. If it was going to be a longer experience like Castle Crashers, it would have needed more depth. But because it was a three hour game, that was enough. You you got introduced to enough thing, enough tools, uh, like to, to keep it interesting for that long.
0: This sounds like a neat game. Uh, it's uh, one of those games that I would love to have. L- like, this is a game I would play on my own. Like, I would love to bring, like, you know, friends and play along with them.
1: Yep, 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 yep. I, well, if if you want, we can bring it the next time we meet in person. Hopefully, that'll happen at some point yeah and uh yeah i'd play it from start to finish with you absolutely oh, this That'll time be i'd pick a turtle
0: yeah let's I'd, do I'd, that i
1: I'd, tr- I'd pick a turtle this time because <laughs> i did it last time so
0: we do all the couch co-op stuff we play this we play some captain Tsubasa. play some mario strikers love it I maybe I mean, some street fighter i mean, I mean if ferret yeah. games come maybe they'll have street fighter on the show floor maybe like maybe, the new maybe, one maybe
1: it? Yeah, yeah, yeah they might it, i mean it's a big enough show to have that right yeah and um, yeah, so that was a game I played, but I I don't know if you want to hear about it. But I I played a few others that I could talk about briefly. Of course, I want to hear about it. <laughs> uh, one is a game called Chorus, Chorus, which which is a um, how do I describe this? Because it it kind of mixes a few genres. It's a narrative uh space sci-fi flight like uh, like airplane game where you're like you know in space dogfighting, mm-hmm. but it, there's a lot of narrative components uh like there's missions there's rpgs you talk to people but you never get out of the the, the actual ship you're okay. in the ship the entire time okay. and it's a solo ship like you're one person manned craft um and it it does it feels good. It does a lot of the the I am floating in space shooting things parts well. Yeah. Um, honestly, I didn't play it long. I played it for a couple of hours because the rest didn't really appeal to me. Um, like there was a huge there was a lot of uh, exposition of story right at the beginning mm-hmm. with without any context that I didn't feel attached to. But it was very emotional, obviously, for the character that you play, and yet. I, when it was over, I still was very confused about what the story was. Yeah, like okay, I just I don't get it. What just happened? Uh, and like it didn't really put me in the story. And everything else revolved around all the characters knowing what was happening, and mm. I was just lost uh, in terms of my motivation versus the characters' motivation. Um, and there were fetch quests <laughs> and things that. We're kinda of slow, you know, like yeah, escort. It's a quest space
0: trucking too. game, so you're uh, we can we can play that game if you want. <laughs> Another game instead of the beat em up. Let's see. All right. Does this game have you uh transport things from one space station to the other?
1: Yes. But the thing is, I only play for two hours, so I don't know if we can play the game for very long. <laughs> I'll have a lot of I don't
0: know. Because I, I did like Two the, or three missions. There'll be at least <laughs> 10 things that you'll see in the first hour. Sorry, so yeah. we got one. Have you oh, yeah. had to fly through a meteor, uh, what do you call it? Like an aerial- Asteroid field. Asteroid yes. field. Yes.
1: Yes, I did. That was that came super early
0: on. <laughs> <laughs> this has to be like, you know, first hour. Was there like an area in space and was there was a giant space station and you're fighting a lot of tiny enemies around it? Actually, yes.
1: <laughs> that happened really early
0: on. It even happened before you played in a cutscene. But yeah. <laughs> yeah while you're playing this you game, while you're flying, is it like a radio <laughs> transmission and a lot of characters are telling you stuff, but 80% of them is sci-fi jargon that you don't really understand, but you pretend that you do. I think it's like 90% <laughs> of <this laughs> jargon. But yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you need to escort a ship without it being destroyed in this game? Yes,
1: that was literally the first mission that, that I That was
0: got. the first mission. So there's the yeah. second mission is to uh, transport uh, stuff from one place to the other, but we also said yeah. that. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Do you upgrade your ship?
1: I don't know. Oh. I didn't get to that part yet. Okay.
0: Uh, within
1: the first two hours, mm-hmm. I... I actually no, you can. Yes. Yeah. I didn't have the resources for it. Yes, you do upgrade your ship.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Does it the do you carry two types of weapon? One of them is a rapid laser thing. Yes. And, and the, the other, other one is a homing laser thing. Oh,
1: this one wasn't homing. It uh-huh. was one rapid fire thing and a yeah. slow moving projectile that explodes.
0: Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's pretty close. But, yeah, definitely two weapons. How many? are uh, there? We're, at, we're at nine questions. So we have one more. <laughs> one more. Um, let me see. The, wormhole. Like, the wormhole question. Do you go through a wormhole? Oh, yeah. The, the wormhole. Like, is it like in a wormhole, fast, uh, what do you call it? A speed of fast light. Fast travel. Speed thing. of yes. light thing. The answer is yes.
1: <laughs> it's like one of the first things you encounter. <laughs> so, yeah. Check, 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 check. All the way through.
0: It's a, It's one of
1: those. Uh, is, it's is, one of those.
0: Is the universe it, at uh, at jeopardy, or it's too early to tell?
1: The universe is at jeopardy within the first cutscene.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: and and that that's the thing about it is that I felt like they did a lot of things well, but they they were. It feels like the, I I could be wrong. Maybe some maybe someone else is going to play this game and be like Osama, you're wrong. I actually mm-hmm. really liked it, but it feels like the game is aiming to be way bigger than it can with the mechanics that has yeah. like. I don't feel like I'm part of the universe if I cannot leave this ship and yeah. and nobody else can leave their ship and I'm constantly flying all the time and there are no space stations that I'm exploring on the inside like it it that feels like too much of a of a of a disconnect right like yeah. I'm not part of this universe I'm I'm separate to it um so like I don't know I could be wrong like it could be just a preference thing but that like as soon as I realized oh I'm never going to leave the ship I lost interest in it because of all the RPG elements in it. When I
0: just wanted to play dogfights. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. I, mean, I yeah. worked on a I, game like this uh, back in the day. Uh oh, yeah. It, it never. Uh... Yeah. So like uh, we were we were trying to make a game in which like you can do like you know inspired by Freelancer and Colony yeah. Wars. I don't even know if you remember these games. They're like you know Freelancer, late 90s, yeah, early 2000 games. Yeah, like uh, getting the the right sense of speed and the right sense of scale on these games can get quite tricky. Mm. Uh, just because of like uh, you navigating space in actual yes. space. All of the, like, you know, a lot of the things that you would normally need to utilize um, mm. or like, you know, or like, you know, in world building in which like things relate to each other kind of lose that sense of relativity in space. You kind of need to do some other tricks to get that. That, that's true. That same kind of illusion, uh, but that's they're true. fun to make. Uh, but almost, always yeah. like you know, you want to do these things, in which like you want to go into the interiors, you want to land on planets, and then, yeah, the more you want to do these things, the more you realize how much more things you need to do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But
1: that's the thing. It's a. I wouldn't necessarily want to do these things if you weren't trying to pull me into this story that couldn't exist in a world where you stay in your ship the whole time. Yeah. Like this wasn't a you accidentally go into a wormhole and now you're in another side of the galaxy and now you have to find your way home and of course your air in your ship is running out you only have 30 days good luck and you can't leave it because you know you're in another quadrant of the universe or whatever it is that wasn't this this is like you're still in the same place but for whatever reason you can't leave your ship now and it just that disconnect was was odd you follow what i mean
0: yeah yeah, like i see
1: a giant space station and there's no way to go inside constantly there's, there's another like spaceport other people i guess are, are going inside but you can't always and there's no anyway it's fine if it feels really good there are some things they did really well it's it's not for me but that doesn't make it a bad game i'm sure other people will appreciate it
0: that's cool man uh you played this so, on game pass
1: i did play it on game pass and i played another game on game pass a third one that i can oh. talk about very briefly because i played it very briefly okay um it's called Edge of Eternity. It was an RPG, and um, basically it had the longest, most boring tutorial fight I have ever played. And I stopped after this tutorial fight. So basically, <laughs> actually, it was a, technically the second fight. The first fight, the tutorial fight, was you p- fighting against another character where it just taught you the moves, attack, and block, and practically nothing else, which... Thankfully, overstated its welcome only by about five minutes, like okay. a 10 minute fight that should have been five minutes. Then the next fight, which lasted closer to 30 to 45 minutes, was basically one where you, you had a party and you took turns attacking this giant robot and you just did that. Like, just basically, you had to look at who, who that robot was going to attack and choose block. And if they're going to attack that, everyone else had to attack. And you did that forever, and his health bar was ridiculously long. And you're like, okay, I get it. Five minutes later, but the fight lasts thirty minutes.
0: Well, what and kind I'm of like, game if, is this? Osama, it's an RPG. It's a it's like a you know turn
1: based Final Fantasy style RPG where you just you know input commands in to, for characters and they do their attack. And then there's like you know you, you know the type the the I see the, yeah like that kind of turn based thing. Uh, it, it's basically choose from a menu a series of attacks but the initial like fight was so tedious and badly balanced and didn't respect my time that i robbed me of any desire to keep playing oh that's uh, a shame and it is a shame it's heartbreaking but um i mean yeah so i have no idea how how good or bad the game is i just couldn't play after that one fight and i did beat the fight uh, i still like I was stubborn enough to see it to the to the end, and then I just had no desire to continue.
0: Okay, the yeah. the name is it it's um it's re, it's reminding me of a book. I think there's like a Ken Edge Follett book. Yeah, Edge of really? Eternity. It's very familiar to me. I was kind of trying to think if I've like I'm looking up really quickly. Yeah, it is um it is a it's a Ken Follett book. Huh, you're right. Yeah. It's the same name. I wonder if it's related I, to the game in any way.
1: This does like I don't know for sure, but judging on the dialogue writing in the game, I would say it's not related to any work of literature that <laughs> had any sense of of uh, popularity at any point. It's yeah. no. I would I I don't know, it could be, but I don't I don't think so.
0: Yeah. Have you read the book? No, no, I haven't. I, I, I don't usually read fiction. So it's a, I've been I've been out of the loop on on that for a while. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I haven't read.
1: I used to read a lot of fiction. I haven't in a while. I've been reading more pragmatic books.
0: Yeah. Uh, reading anything yeah. Uh, lately? Oh yeah, I could go over. I've actually
1: read three books in the last week. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> which is more than wow. my average. Yeah. Like I like I mentioned, I had two days two lazy days off where I could just like do nothing. Um, and uh, so really quickly, the first is a, a book called Venture Deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Be Smarter Than Your Lawyer and Venture Capitalist. And it's more about like that world, the venture capitalist world. What what jargon do they use? What concepts do they have? How do they raise uh, money? That kind of thing. So um, kind of bitten by the entrepreneurial bug. I'm really curious about that world. And I read this book. It reads like a textbook and yet it's still very informative. So it's not yeah. a thing I would pick up as light reading. But if you're interested in that, it's actually gets to the point quickly and really talks about concepts I, I didn't know about before. So that's cool. Recommend in that very, very limited context. Um, the second book I read was called "Crucial Conversations: Tools for Talking When Stakes Are High." I personally did not find this book very useful. Um, it, it gives, it does, it might give people some tools about how to have difficult conversations. I don't think it's a bad book. I just I've read so many leadership books uh, that talk about these concepts already that I didn't learn anything new.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so it might be for someone else, but for me, it's like okay, I already.
1: No, there's nothing new here. There's no, nothing, two books
0: nothing. I read around similar topics that I found interesting. Maybe you would like, or maybe you've read them before. One of them is yes. called uh, Nonviolent Communication. Ooh. Uh Which I found I like to that. be very, very cool. Like, um, it's about, like, trying to find... It's basically... is how you navigate uh, conversations, even if you have a, a big conflict. mm mm-hmm. uh, I found that to be very good, and there was another book called "Never Split the Difference," and it's about really? uh, negotiation techniques. I really like the the name of that book, "Never yeah. Split the Difference." Never Split the Difference. Uh, I think it's uh, the the writer of that book. He used to be an FBI hostage negotiator. Oh wow! I've heard of this book. It's good. I remember that. It's good. Uh,
1: the one one of the ones I read on a similar topic is actually called "Getting More." Mm -hmm. and it's it's actually the full title is getting more how you can negotiate to succeed in work and life which sounds like a negotiation book but it really is a communication book in general just how to talk to people how to align on goals how to communicate your goals how like that kind of thing and i thought that book was was brilliant and that's why i think I, i i didn't think that uh um, Crucial Conversations was as good because it was very, it felt very one on one compared to those. There's also another leadership book called The One Minute Manager, which is super super short, but it really does a good job of explaining situational leadership and how uh, you just if you if you're a lead or a leader of, of, in one way or another, don't you have multiple tools and you have to it helps you identify what situations use which tool. Uh, An example, like a concrete example, is that uh, micromanaging gets a bad rap, but actually there are situations that call for micromanaging. The problem happens when there are managers who only have that one tool and don't adapt it to the situation, and they micromanage people who shouldn't be micromanaged in the task that they're specifically doing at that point. But in many situations call for a more directive approach because of time constraints, because of like the the inability of the person to do the task for x y z reasons, where you can turn like pick up that tool. So anyway, uh, I, I I thought there were better books. Uh, I don't think it, it said anything wrong, so I don't disagree with the book. It just felt too one on one with no real takeaways. Um, and the final book I read is my favorite of the three. It's called Backable the surprise surprising truth behind what makes people take a chance on you. And that book was really cool. It really okay. gave you a lot of tools about like how to, it, it's funny because that wasn't the intention going into reading this book, but I, I took a lot of takeaways from my presentations, lectures specifically. Um, basically a lot of the book is how to pitch things and, You know, as someone who teaches, you know that teaching is pretty much pitching concepts and ideas all the time. There's there's more, yeah, exactly. And there were so many takeaways about how to, like, even like how to prepare, how to practice, best approaches to do that with concrete examples from interviews uh, of a lot of people um, who are successful at pitching things. So this book, actually, I, I would recommend it for anybody who wants to do any level of public speaking. Or any any pitches any teaching anything related to that I think there's enough takeaways in there really really solid ones that make it worthwhile
0: wow that's really cool man I'm gonna I'm gonna have a read through some of that awesome cool so I, uh, what
1: about you i I think I monopolized this episode that I'm really really sorry I feel terrible
0: no not at all I really enjoyed our conversation and we got the, uh, you, you won uh, two of my impromptu game shows. <laughs> you're really good at
1: this by the way this should be like a youtube series just make a list and take all the games th- of that genre through the list to see yep. how many tropes they fit
0: making it up on the fly is have the fun though <laughs> it really so it's, so it's a it really twitch is. show not a youtube yeah. show.
1: <laughs> i love it let's make it happen
0: <laughs> no it was, it was good man i I could talk about some of the stuff uh next week uh this is not it's not, uh, uh, like I enjoyed hearing you talk about your games and all of that, and we're already <laughs> already gone well, past the fifty-minute mark yet. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's time to put a doily in this one. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, thank everybody for joining us. Uh, next, send us emails at info at thehabibis com. Uh, follow us on all the social media stuff. But that's the episode for this week. Join us next week, same time, same place. For the time being, salam. Salam. That was the Habibis podcast for this week. I am Fawzi Mesmar, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at fawzi Mesmar. My fellow Habibis were Osama Doryas, who you can find on Twitter at Osama Doryas. And Rami Ismail, who you can find on Twitter at THA underscore Rami. Send us your questions, stories, and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubela, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Handi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea, with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcasting service, or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening. Salam.